The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, February 16th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, February 15th in New York. And coming up today, U.S. retail sales in January jumped by the most in nearly two years. ASML says a former China-based employee had stolen data related to its chip technology. And Tesla will halt some production at its factory in Shanghai as the company upgrades for the rollout of the Model 3. China charges U.S. balloons have traveled over sensitive areas. Biden considers speech on balloon and China relations. Scotland's Nicola Sturgeon resigns. Big tech CEOs subpoenaed to testify before Congress over free speech. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. U.S. retail sales rising in January by the most in nearly two years. Commerce Department data showed that the value of overall retail purchases increased 3% after a 1.1% drop back in December. It shows that Americans are spending on goods and services even as borrowing costs rise and inflation remains elevated. We heard from Dana Telsey, the CEO of Telsey Advisory Group. She was reluctant to draw conclusions over one month's data. It was very strong. You looked at apparel, you looked at furniture, they showed strength also, in addition to a big uptick in restaurants. Keep in mind, I don't take January as seriously as I take March, April, and May. January is about clearing out promotional and clearance goods. You're hearing about retailers having inventory levels that were up 20 and 30% in the third quarter, and now they're down in the fourth quarter. The fact that you went from up 20 and 30 and now you're negative, you moved product, some of it at markdowns. Still worries are mounting that strong consumer spending will keep prices elevated and force a hawkish response from the Fed. On Tuesday, several Fed officials stressed the need for further rate hikes, but expressed differing views about how close they were to stopping. Well, the Dutch chip equipment maker ASML has accused a former Chinese-based employee of stealing confidential information. We have that story from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann. It's the second incident of this kind linked to China in less than a year. The Dutch company says export controls may have been violated. It's unclear at the moment, though, whether the former worker had any connections to authorities in China or elsewhere. It's also not clear if the data allegedly stolen could be used to develop lithography systems for chips. The news comes just as the Netherlands and Japan had agreed to restrict exports of some equipment to China. These latest charges may lead to heightened geopolitical tensions. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. And as a footnote, a person familiar with the situation tells Bloomberg the alleged breach occurred in an area with sensitive details of systems that produce advanced semiconductors. Brian? 
Doug, Tesla is going to halt production uh, for some of its lines at the Shanghai factory until the end of February. The EV maker is upgrading its facility so it can start rolling out a revamped version of the Model 3 sedan. The revamp comes as Tesla faces increased competition from BYD and NIO in the Chinese market. Upgrades have occurred at facility lines in stages over the past couple of months. The section of the Shanghai factory currently being worked on is, is making Model 3s and Model Y sports utility vehicles. Tesla expects deliveries of the Model 3 sedan to begin later this year. White House officials have reached out to a key Democratic ally in the Senate to discuss filling the vacant role of Fed vice chair. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Senate Banking Chairman Sherrod Brown says he spoke with White House officials about the vacancy created by President Biden's decision to name Vice Chair Lael Brainerd to be his top economic advisor. The Wall Street Journal reported that Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsby is under consideration for the post. The Ohio Democrat would not disclose if any names were circulated, but said he wants a nominee who can focus on the Fed's dual mandate of employment and wages. Naming the 53-year-old Goolsby to the board would mark an abrupt job change for him after he assumed his role leading the regional Fed Bank in Chicago last month. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Well, we got some strong earnings uh, after the closing bell from Cisco, the maker of computer networking machines. Bloomberg's Tom Busby has the story. Shares of Cisco rising upwards of 8% in extended trading after the maker of computer networking gear top second quarter earnings at $0.88 cents a share on revenues of $13.5 billion, up 7% from a year ago. It also raised its forecast for the current quarter, saying sales of tech infrastructure could jump as much as 13%, double a previous estimate, thanks to a backlog of orders that built up during the pandemic. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Cisco is currently up about 2.8% in late trading. Well, Doug, I heard you allude to this earlier, mm. uh, higher for longer, about to be changed to much higher for longer, or maybe at the Fed. Uh, should investors start to plan for a possible 50 basis points at the March or May meetings? That's one of the questions I'll put to our guest coming up in a, in a few moments here. We'll be chatting with Marianne Montang from Gradient Investments. That may be a little too aggressive, although to your point, today the Atlanta Fed uh, did ratchet up its uh, first quarter GDP now forecast a growth rate. I don't know if you saw this, Brian, 2.42. That's up from 2.16. Mm. A lot of that has to do with this beat on uh, January retail sales. And we're a little more than a week away now from that uh, January PCE deflator data. So when you start to consider retail sales, a lot of the other signs of robust consumption that we have seen, higher growth expectations, I think you're onto something here. The so-called no landing scenario, I think it's being fortified. The impact on the market, though, is a bit unclear because the obvious offset to uh, the, the higher borrowing costs would be the strong sales that we saw. I mean, that's good for companies. And, and it's also, I think, interesting in that it's newer news than the pace of rate hikes. And so investors may ride this a while until they see sales weaken. I think you could be right about that as well. And that may be underpinning the gains that we had in the equity market today, right? Because we talked about yield spiking, typically a negative for stocks, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, it's puzzling, isn't it? Uh, so you have to think that, well, maybe they just think that uh, a strong economy is probably um, number one. Anyway, we will get into that with our guests coming up. Time for Global News. 
China is saying that U.S. balloons have traveled over sensitive areas over the mainland in the western part of the country, out over Xinjiang. Let's get to Ed Baxter. He's got global news in the 960 newsroom in San Francisco, Ed. Yeah, right you are, Brian. The foreign ministry says some of the 10 balloons uh, since last May passed over Xinjiang and Tibet. Those are the areas where the government is accused by the U.S. and other nations of human rights violations. And China again warned it will retaliate against violations of its sovereignty. And there are reports that U.S. President Joe Biden is thinking about making a speech regarding balloon incidents and relations with China before heading to Poland later this week. Bloomberg's Mario Parker at the White House says the president is trying to scale the tone down a bit. The tension on the balloons is the rhetoric, some of the temperature around that is trying, they're trying to dial that back again, both sides. But nevertheless, we keep this in relative terms. The tensions between the U.S. and China, the world second largest economy are really, really high, right? Yeah, and Mario says not only does the president need to consider relations with China, but exactly what to say in a politically fractured Washington, D.C. and United States. And Susan Thornton, former acting assistant secretary of state for East Asian and Pacific Affairs, says it is time for the lines of communication to reopen. Making these meetings between the U.S. and China normalized. It's regular diplomacy. We talk to other big powers, other important powers. We have to talk to the Chinese and we can't just cancel every time something comes up. Thornton on Bloomberg's Balance of Power says a meeting at the Munich Security Conference between the foreign ministers of the two countries is a very good start. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has resigned. She says her decision after eight years as head of the country's government may seem sudden, but mm, really not. I know it might seem sudden, but I have been wrestling with it albeit with oscillating levels of intensity for some weeks. And Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London says the first issue that will go wanting is independence. Nicola Sturgeon's been trying repeatedly to get a second referendum on Scottish independence and failing repeatedly. Most recently, the UK Supreme Court tossed out uh, the, the, they ruled against uh, unilateral independence vote. Yeah, and Lizzie says Sturgeon was planning on using an upcoming election to try to gain more traction, but now that's not going to happen. The CEOs of Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft have received congressional subpoenas to testify before the House Judiciary Committee. This an escalation of the Republican allegations that big tech suppresses free speech. The subpoenas have asked for documents uh, from March 23rd. The convicted shooter in the Buffalo Shopping Center massacre has been sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole. A domestic act of terrorism motivated by hate in the first degree, an A1 felony. And Judge Susan Egan says too late for remorse. You will never see the light of day as a free man ever again. Defense attorneys had argued that he had learned hate from white supremacist websites and was regretful for his actions. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salama. We're here in Hong Kong, and our guest is Marianne Montang, Portfolio Manager at Gradient Investments. Marianne, you probably heard Doug and I musing over this much higher for longer um, possibilities for the Fed. When, when the data changes, we should change, right? Or do we need to factor in the lag effect and just be patient? Well, I think, Brian, we've got that combination. We are waiting for that lag effect, but it's so lagging that we have to expect that we're going to get a couple of more uh, 25 basis point hikes in the rate this spring. And recognize that while the Fed is tightening, that also has the effect of raising rates by about 25 basis points each each time, each go-round. So we really are in a higher uh, interest rate for longer scenario as far as we're concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, you have a look at what uh, is happening in the U.S. Is this also, um, you know, despite interest rates going up, you would have thought people would be borrowing less, but we've got consumer credit card and lending at near record highs right now. So is this all just being fueled on debt? It is, but you have to recognize, too, that the labor force uh, is getting hit by the Fed. They don't like the numbers. Uh, that big number that came out on February 3rd um, is highly unlikely to be sustained. But the, right now, job openings are about equal to the number of people searching for work. And layoffs are happening in those higher-paying jobs while we're seeing uh, you know, additional uh, people brought into work at very low-paying jobs. So when you have a scenario of uh, your friend is getting laid off or your next door neighbor is getting laid off and such, uh, I think that'll put a pause on the consumer uh, borrowing. Yeah, they sent, they spent their savings. Uh, now they've borrowed money, uh, and so we could be getting towards the end of that that cycle. But you have to, you know, you have to take your hat off and give a hat tip to the strength here in the economy, and and that's a nice offset to higher interest rates, isn't it? I and mean, particularly if people don't need to borrow, they feel comfortable well, going out and spending. Well, it, I I do believe it's rather temporary, and we can see that in retail sales that were reported today. It looks like there's strength there. Uh, it was 3% versus expectations for 1.7% increase. But you have to recognize that sales were down in the prior two months, and January is the month of clearances. So people were looking to get the deals. Uh, that 17.5% increase in sales at department stores, that's telling me that people are just diving into real savings because they're nervous. Well, Marianne, what about uh, the market then? What, what are the implications here that should, uh, of course, engender a bit of uh, well, optimism? But, you know, it's always sometimes uh, good news being bad news. Uh, and what does it mean for your stock picking and et cetera and what you put into a portfolio? Well, a here's a couple of things. On the equity side, we believe in buffers. Uh, buffers are akin to keeping your seatbelt fastened when the airplane is in motion. So Innovators and First Trust both offer a variety of ETFs that provide a buffer to the downside, call it 15% or so, while providing some upside to a cap over the next 12 to 18 months. And I would look for something maybe in the 20s for a cap on my buffer. Um, but that's one recommendation on the equity side. On the uh, fixed income side, we're keeping duration below the six-year uh, level that's in the ag index. 
we're overweighting investment grade and high yield um, given those very uh, current high rates of yield. Um, but again, we're keeping our duration short. Yeah, high yield today down about two-tenths of 1%. Well, if you look at HYG, I got to ask you about China. Yeah, we had a little uptick in the NASDAQ Golden Dragon Index, but you know, the past two weeks has been brutal out here with about a 10% sell-off uh, in the indexes and 20% in some key names. Uh, what are you thinking about China at this moment? Yeah, I just think there's a, a lot of strife going on right now in, you know, politically and the um, manufacturers and other uh, purchasers of items from China have to be very nervous. Uh, so, it, you know, the way we would play this situation is to um, uh, look at small cap stocks. So they're going to be U.S.-based small cap stocks. Uh, we like high-quality balance sheets, strong cash flows, and uh, here's an ETF where you can find that. That's the VanEck Small Cap Moat ETF, ticker yeah. SMOT. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices, just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.